0: Hi, this is Dan Korver, a pastor here at Dalton Hill Baptist Church. We're a small Baptist church located in Owasso, Oklahoma. We're small enough to know you, but we're big enough to serve you and for you to serve as well. Our vision is to rescue, restore, and return to service. Rescue a non-believer or a believer who has been hurt or is lost. Restoring them to Christ and fellowship with other believers with the desire that they in turn will help others along their way. If you remember uh, last week, Bill spoke on the gift of Christmas. If you remember, the greatest gift we were ever given, out of Isaiah chapter nine, verse six and seven, when you know a child will be born. Obviously, prophecy at the time. It's uh, passed today. Government on his shoulders. You know, we talked about the wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Eternal uh, Father, Prince of Peace, and uh, no end to His reign. We had a great message on it. So today, I want to do a little thinking. When you think about what about the motive? of Christmas, the motive of Christmas. Uh, and I think a lot of it, can we can apply it too, I think how many times you uh, forget about the motive of Christmas. It's uh, You can hear a lot, sometimes you can understand people's motives, sometimes you end up scratching your head and wondering about their motives, uh, you can see it a lot of times, I remember when the, uh, I had my lawn service, the kids were small, especially with Ruthie and Jesse, when they'd come to help me pull weeds, <laughs> you know, you'd barely be starting to pull weeds, and Ruthie would look up and say, Dad, you look so tired, you need a drink. <laughs> the real reason was what? I want a drink. So, you know, we, we do that a lot. I remember when I was in, uh, uh, with the with junior high, but you now call it middle school, we had a math teacher that would sit everyone according to their grade in the class. Every two weeks they would change. So you knew who the good students were and you knew who the bad, the worst students were. And we had a couple who were right, right at the top of the class and they'd come up to you <coughs> after a test and say, what did you get on the test? Now what was the reason why they asked, what did you get on the test? You'd tell them a 77 or whatever. Well, that's good. And their answer, their then next thing was what? I made hundred. What did you get? that's what they wanted you to ask if you didn't oblige them they would be more than happy to tell you what they got on the test motives you know you have that a lot I remember uh, how many times have you heard this Uh, well Barry gave Susie a diamond ring for Christmas well why did they say that are they so happy for Susie or are they expecting some really nice gift from you (laughs) there's a lot of pressure a lot of the stuff that goes on at Christmas I read last week that the average American family is going to spend over 9000 in Christmas this year now that is amazing now I know there's some that go buy somebody a car or something like that that certainly offsets a lot of them the rest of them but you know you, you, we can easily get caught up in what are the Joneses or anything else I remember one of the kids we uh, they finished open it don't remember which one and after they open all the Christmas is that all? <laughs> well, yep, that's all <laughs> and, but we can easily get caught up on the motive of Christmas and I want to think about that we know it in John chapter 3 in verse 16, what does it say? what's the motive of Christmas? For so the, the motive of Christmas was Father's love you, you stop and you think about that how would you define love? You know, today's world, it's amazing when you try to define it. Doing what's best for another person with no, no thought of return. You think about it. Jesus did what was best for us. Or God did it. Father. But you think about it. What about the decision? He gave you a son. He's the only begotten son. You stop and think about that. Why did he give you a son? You, know, you think about it in Hebrews chapter 9. Give gives three different reasons. it has to be without blemish without the shedding of blood there's what? no forgiveness of sins you also get in verse 21 the shedding of of bulls and goats that's just a covering it won't take away sin so the only way that you can have the sin taken and also notice in chapter 9 in verse 28 once and for all there is no other way to redeem man (coughs) <coughs> Other than giving a son, perfect son. And he did it out of love for you and me. You stop and you think about it, I and mean, we want to think about Christmas and all the, and we've commercialized so much in our country. You have the decision he gave his son. And when you think about it, but we also have some results. There's options. For God's the love of the world, he gave his only begotten son, then what's the next part? <coughs> Believe shall not have you have two options believe and have eternal life not believe and not have eternal life Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 it is a gift how many times have you had people offer you a gift but you felt guilty and you didn't want to take it you wanted to earn it how many of you find it's a lot easier to give than to receive why is that you know, we had a good example that happened this last week and so on. We saw different ones who, who gave to help somebody out, but they have a hard time receiving help themselves. And I think part of that is because we can feel obligated to somebody. But think about that. You have the, the option, you know, this greatest gift that He ever gave. Gave us His Son. And I think about one of the examples you have of old Henry. How many of you, I love to... Book, Gene gave it to me many many years ago almost 50 years ago do <laughs> you remember the gift of the Magi the gift of the Magi If you remember the young couple and the young couple very poor all he had was a watch and she, all she had was her beautiful hair she wanted to give him a chain for his watch he wanted to give her something to put for her hair but he had no money she had no money so what did he do he sold his watch to get her something for her hair. She sells her hair to give him a change for his watch. You stop and think about it. What are you and I doing for Christmas? What's our motive? So often we're giving things because we feel obligated. Do I? Doing it out of love. So think about it. What does my spouse or my family or my friend need? What do they really need? Not necessarily what they want, what do they need? And is it my place to meet that need? There's a time when it's not your place to meet it. There's a time when they have to look to the father to meet it. A lot of times you and I can bail or we can do a lot of stuff to help the kids or grandkids or whatever, but if that's the case, they're going to turn to who every time. You're the solution and not the father. So notice the motive then of the of Christmas for the father as he gave his son. But what about the motive of Jesus? If you stop and you since we, we're in John. If you remember you go to chapter 4 of John, you can turn there if you like. John chapter 4. And if you remember, he's with the Samaritans and the disciples go off into the city to get food and uh, to see and he meets the woman. And in verse 34, his motive. Verse 34 of John 4. And Jesus said to them, My food is do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. What's His motive? He's here to do what God wants Him and sent Him to do. Do we have a job to do? Every one of us. To be an ambassador according to 2 Corinthians 5. You stop and you think about it. That's the reason why in Luke chapter 22, if you remember right at the end, when before he went to the crucifixion, he's in the garden and he's praying. He says, Father, take this cup from me, but yet not what? My will yours will be done. Because the Father's will was he gave the Son to die on the cross. Jesus then didn't want, obviously, you wouldn't, I wouldn't either. But what was best and the only way for salvation for you and I, and Jesus said, Okay, I'll do your will. Now, I think it's interesting when you look at it, the motive of the Son, obviously doing His Father's will. So why don't you start talking about it, switch over to Philippians chapter 2 for a moment. I love the book of Philippians. Starting in verse 3 of chapter 2 of Philippians. Still talking about the motive of the sun. verse 3 do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit what about those uh, students in my class that were asking what did you make do they really care what I made it? if they did they would have said let me help you <laughs> I never got any offers like that you know, I, you know, stop and think about it notice what it says I and mean, I think we can all find that t- to be the case but notice he said with empty consent but with humility let each one regard one another as more important than himself how easy is it to do that you're more important than me so what is your need what is your need most of the time we all want everyone to know what our need is And we'll listen to people only for a little while then we want them to do what? Listen to us. us. Notice what he tells you then in verse 4. Do not merely look at your own interests but also the interests of others. Have this attitude or be like-minded in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus. We're supposed to have a mind like Christ. Did Christ care about himself or did he care more about what we needed? He didn't want to go to the cross, but did He? You stop and you think about it. In John 19, it says that He knew all of Scripture was fulfilled. He then says, it is what? And He gave up the ghost. He willingly gave His life. So that you and I. Because that was the motive. We stop and think about our motives. Our motives, that's why we really don't know a lot of times what other people's motives are. People can give motive, and we can misinterpret what they want to do. We can think we know, but we <coughs> do not ultimately know somebody's motive. Any of you ever done something with great intentions, but people misinterpret? Happens a lot. Or have you ever given with the wrong motives, but they thought everything was really good? <laughs> that happens too. That's why in 1 Corinthians 4... In verse 5, it says Christ brings all that to life. Our motives. So you think about the motive that you have with Jesus. You notice it said also in First Timothy 2 and verse 6, it said He gave Himself as a ransom for all. He willingly gave. The motive of the Father was what? A love for the world. Which, by the way, how well did the world receive the Son? Nope. The thief on the cross, both of them, both of them originally were doing, spitting on him and doing all kinds of uh, bad things. And then one recognizes who Christ is and changes. And notice Christ says, Today you'll be with me what? If that was you and somebody did all that to you, what would you do? That's amazing. That's amazing. Forgiveness. The motive of Christ, the motive of Jesus. But what about our motive? Come kind of to Christmas time. Our motive in John chapter 13, you know it well. Turn over to John 13 and we'll end with this. I think we have some more songs and then we will let you all uh, get out early so you can get to the restaurant or do whatever. Because I don't think you have to bel- uh, belabor the motive part. John 13. listen verse 34 a new commandment I give you that you love one another even how how many of us have got to that point yet okay we saw the love of the father we've seen it we've seen the love of the son and he says I want the same love from you and what's the next verse say? By this shall all men know you are my disciples, if you have love what? How many find some of the hardest people in the world to love are Christians? Non-believers, you expect them to do some bad stuff. But believers, I mean, you expect different, and a lot of them, I mean, they are some pretty, sorry individuals. The Holy Spirit isn't doing a in controlling a lot of believers. But we're told to love them. Turn the other cheek and do other. That's why in first John chapter 3 it says, No greater love is anyone than lay down his life for his friend. Most of us that will not be required. What does the next verse say? When you have means to help your brother out, and you do not do so, how does the love of God abide in you? It can be an encouraging word, it could be most of us find it easier to open our wallet than give of our time. But a lot of people, all they want is your time or a listening ear. A lot of people are lonely. This time of year, that's why you have two different ways on Christmas. It can be the most dreaded time for some people, the most lonely time, or it can be the, the most joyous time. So becoming we, we think about it, what was the motive of the father? Love the world. Gave his son. The motive of the son? To love you and I and to give his life. And what's our motive? You stop and think about it. I think a lot of times when we think about our motive, how many of you ever give to get? That happens a lot, doesn't it? You give to get something. And how many times do you see through it when somebody giving you something and you know they're giving you something because they want something? That isn't giving like Christ gave. How many of us give to receive recognition? A lot of people will give, but then they're going to want recognition for the gift. Are we giving because that's what the person needs? irregardless of what it costs us and irregardless of whether we get recognized or not. And I think that's what the goal is to uh, truly get to where we are, loving, giving our our love with no strings attached. Whether it be to family, to spouse, to friends, to people we don't even know, to help them along the way. And I think that's what our motive is because that's what's going to stand up. That's what's going to stand up. So this week, short and sweet, Motive of Christmas. What is it? Love of the Father, love of the Son, and then and now it's up to us. Because we are the only Christian, the only Christ that many people are going to see. We'd love for you to come and visit with us and fellowship with us. We're located at 8263 North Owasso Expressway, which is on the east side of Highway 169 North, between 76th and 86th Street North. We have coffee and fellowship from 8.30 to 9 Sundays, followed by Sunday school for all ages from 9 to 9.45, and our Sunday morning worship service is from 10 to 11. We likewise have a Wednesday night service for all ages from 7 to 8. Now may the Lord of Peace Himself give you peace at all times, and in every way the Lord be with you all the time.